For some reason, he said that his meet and greet was at Macy's in Northlake. Nobody thought, ain't no way that's happening, a rapper in, in Macy's. But we went there and I tweeted GLC back and I was like, hey, we're here to meet you and you're not here. So he actually came on Smith's campus when me and Eric came back and we chopped it up right in front of humanity. No way. Yeah. That's dope. So, the power of Twitter. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. All right, and we're back with another episode of the Keep the Money on the Floor podcast. It's your host, Lex Bibbs. I'm here with the homie. Uh, this is a family reunion up in here, man. <laughs> Jay Nelly, what it do? What's up, bro? The creator, curator of dopeness, excuse me. Yeah, you know, some, something light. Something light. <laughs> what, what you been up to, man? Uh, well, I actually just moved back to Charlotte in November. So I'm getting back acclimated living in the city. It's been a lot of changes since I've been gone. I was saying it's new Charlotte. Three years. So what what did you see that's like, yo, when did that come? Uh more so apartment complexes everywhere. Uh let's see, it's a bunch of like new spots to hang out at. It's a lot a lot of new spots to hang out at. Um I've been to some place called Barrel that I didn't know that that existed on the south side. Um, I heard that, you know, there's new ownership with places like Recess and there's this new place called Art Room. So a lot of places where I know, uh, I would typically like do events or be right, with right, right, a lot right, of right, other yeah, creatives. Yeah, say that. You're in that, you're in that creative space. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been to Optimus Hall yet? No, that's one place that's on my list actually, because it was being slightly built around the time that I left. Check that joint out. Yeah. Dope. Super dope. Somebody told me it's kind of, it's like Charlotte's own version of a uh, Pont City Market down in Atlanta. So, but it's like smaller. It's a, it's a dope food court for me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, a, it's, Pont it's, City it's, has a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I don't know so. nothing about that, but it's like, to me, it's like a, it's a food court, but it's like, yo, I would hang out here, I would chill. And they got like, you know, if you want to do the restaurant thing, mm-hmm. if you don't want to do the, like, the grab and go or whatever. But the aesthetic is just super dope, especially on a nice day. Yeah. I yeah. saw that there's actually another food hall, too, off of South Boulevard, the where that Harris Teeter is and, like, that Chick-fil-A area where they built the new apartment complex. There's a bunch of new businesses yeah, there, South too. South End is booming. Yeah. South End going crazy right now. I really like that arcade, that bar arcade. They have Piz Mechanical. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite spots during the week. On the weekend, in COVID, no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a cool spot. So uh, what, what brought you back to the city, to the foe? Ultimately, it was more so starting a new business with my sister. Um, but my job that I currently work, my nine to five, it's fully remote. So it was like, okay, Janelle, you can move pretty much anywhere I needed to get out of my small town. Um, so I just decided to come back to Charlotte. Literally all of my friends are still in, still in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So decided to come back up here. And it's not too far from family. Yep. It's driving distance. So Where's home again? Warner Robins, Georgia, about an hour and a half south of Atlanta. Okay. So yeah. don't, you don't claim Atlanta at all? No, 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 no. I know better. Because yeah. you start claiming Atlanta, then they're going to ask you what part, what zone. What zone. I, know, I know my zones now, but no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't cap when Warner, it comes to... Warner what? Warner Robins. Warner Robins. Yes. We're a military town. It's off 85? No. It's off of 75. When 85 becomes 75, going south. Okay, yeah. Have I've you heard of Macon, before. Georgia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're 15 yeah. minutes away from Macon. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, that's what's up. So, um, obviously, you went to our great institution. Good old Johnson And uh, when this comes out, we would have celebrated another birthday. Our Founders Day is coming up. Um, but how did you hear about Smith? Uh, what did you love about it? You know, talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk Smith. Okay. Let's talk Smith. All right. So literally randomly sitting in the living room watching TV. My mom gets the HBCU uh, Ebony magazine with all the queens and everything in there. And so she's just flipping through, flipping through. Oh, Janelle, look at this school. Johnson C. Smith. They're giving everybody a laptop. I was like, oh, an expense I don't have to pay for to any other school. So I was like, okay, we can check it out. North Carolina seems cool. Never really been up there that I remember. So we went up there for a tour during spring break. What year is this? This is 2009. Okay. Yeah, spring break 2009, go up there. The students are out, but of course you guys were still in there. Viticus gave me my tour, and because I feel like I definitely got like iOS Viticus to give me my tour, and he was so amped and mm-hmm. excited about getting me there. So um, he won me over, he won my mom over, my grandmother, and the rest was history. Smith gave me a scholarship, and I was like, okay, packing up and coming to Charlotte. Just off of Ebony magazine. Off of an Ebony and, magazine and, and, and ad. And laptops. Yes. So those were Yancey days. We were still like ThinkPad U or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, man. Those were, so you, you split kind of Yancey and Carter. 
I got the the last end of the Yancey era, like yeah. what she left for Carter to try to pick up and, and move yeah. forward with. Um, and plus, yeah, I, we were the year of experimenting for Carter's first year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, yeah, you remember that. Yeah, he closed his eyes and rolled the dice and roll. You remember that stupid, no offense, I love my school, but you remember that stupid orientation that lasted like, what, three months for freshmen or something crazy? Not really, but. Okay, well, that happened my freshman year, and it was like, oh, it's mandatory. I cannot remember that lady's name. Miss Hampton, I think, was her name. Maybe. Maybe well, not. The, the biggest thing I remember about the Carter days, now, nah, not to deflect because we need to stay on task, is like the whole, like, Charlotte's Permit, Independent Urban Institution, that whole verbiage. And then he kind of like changed the colors, mm-hmm. low key. It was like green in there out of nowhere. Like, yeah, where bro, did that what come you doing? From? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have my my own personal uh, comments and concerns about uh, the the Carter administration. At, but at you know Smith, what? You know. It's, it's 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 part of the story, right? You know what I'm saying? And I enjoyed um, my four years. Yeah, I mean, thoroughly. I'd go back. Shame on anybody that didn't. Yeah. You know, I'd go back and do it all over again. Absolutely. Same exact way. Exact. Absolutely. So listen. I know you were involved in a lot um, because, I mean, who doesn't know you, right? <laughs> um, but speak to some of the highlights of the, the things that you were involved with, the stuff that you planned while a student at the school. Let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, started off with, I don't, honestly, I cannot remember how it came about, but I just remember being on Twitter and listening to a bunch of underground artists from all over. And I was like, you know, I want everybody else to hear this. So I started a, a website called The Real Business my freshman year and it highlighted a lot of underground artists who were not only students on campus but literally from everywhere around the country and it even got to around the world at one point so that's the that's one of the biggest highlights because it actually connected me to literally everybody else the rest of the way um, having the real business got me involved with uh, with silent noise and that was doing the ciphers the beat battles things of that nature that was really fun and that's when I realized because I got to Smith thinking I want to be either a producer of music or I want to be an A&R. In I was music. Like, what was your major? My major was Com Arts okay. when we had the building. Yep. Woo. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I went into it thinking, I want to work for good music. I'm trying to be an A&R rep for any one of Kanye good West's artists. Yes. Yeah. Another highlight happened to uh, see on Twitter that GLC, who he was signed to good music at the time, he was doing a meet and greet in Charlotte. So me and my friend um, Eric, we were like, okay, we're gonna hop in the whip and go and go see him. For some reason, he said that his meet and greet was at Macy's in Northlake. Nobody thought, ain't no way that's happening, a rapper in, in Macy's. But we went there and I tweeted GLC back and I was like, hey, we're here to meet you and you're not here. So he actually came on Smith's campus when me and Eric came back and we chopped it up right in front of Humanities. No way. Yeah. That's dope. So the power of Twitter. Right, right. And that's prime Twitter, like then, like, what's that? That 09, was still 0910. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we chopped it up. I let him know, you know, aspirations is definitely to work for good music, so on and so forth. Um, got connected to Tony Williams, which is Kanye's cousin that sings on literally all of his all of his albums. So got to say what's up to Tony Williams. Yes, yes. That's on uh, late registration. Yeah. So yeah. I felt like I was getting my foot in the door with good music, especially like, oh, I'm getting connected to his artists, so on and so forth. Big Sean was tweeting me at one point back when he became a double XL freshman. So I was just stuck on that. But uh, again, working with Silent Noise and then ultimately forming The Real, Reaching Every Aspiration of Life in 2010, uh, showed me that my true passion is actually in curating the events, curating the experience for somebody else to enjoy what I know that I enjoy. And it's, I am a curator of dopeness. I just want to provide you know, the dope vibes. Um, within that, that's how I got connected to Ninth Wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, Myself and the team, shout out to The Real, by the way. Shout them out. Dion, Thad, Tony, Willie, Barry, Cece. There's so many of y'all. Um, whole gang. Kai, my VP. Yeah, it was a whole squad of us. We all literally got connected off of our love for, for hip-hop. And at that time, underground hip-hop, the uh, blog era was really big. So, yeah, we would talk about the things. Rap that, Radar. Yeah. Um, um well, what else was out there? Two Dope Boys, yep. Hot New Hip Hop. Um, LA Leakers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Come all on, of, I know a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we got connected. It was, and it was actually um, Spitta. They were on the Smokers Club tour, and that's how I yeah. got to know a lot of a lot of the squad. That so was let's be- pause the record okay. real quick. What's up? Because I love it. 
So you find these underground artists, right? Mm -hmm. And you like, yo, I'm the only one that knows about this kid from Detroit named Big Sean. And when they pop and they go mainstream, do you fall out of love with them? It's like, oh, everybody know about them now. Let me go find the next. No, actually, you, I would. Do you, you know what I mean? Because people are like that. Like, yo, I've been new about this. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 I've been new about Wale. Paint a picture days, you know what I'm saying? I'm from whatever, whatever. And then it's like when Wale goes pop, I'm just using Wale as an example. Wale is actually a very good example because he is one of the very few artists that I did actually fall out of love with when he went commercial. Mm. Only because Attention Deficit Wale did not sound like any type of Maybach music uh, Wale at all. Right. So, you know, when your sound changes, it, it will always depend on the specific person of whether or not they want to continue their journey in supporting you and enjoying yeah. your music, so on and so forth. Um, but a lot of times, no, these rappers will, will get big, especially the double XL freshman list from like 2009 to, I want to say about 2012. That's who, who named some of those. Oh, nine was like B.O.B., Wale, Spitta, Asher Roth. Um, uh, Ace Hood was on that one. Kid Cudi, which I'm that, like the a biggest. Nice roster. Yeah. Oh, nine and 2010 might be the two best double XL freshman lists. 2010 had Nipsey, Big Sean, um, Freddie Gibbs, somebody else from somebody from TV, I think J Rock. Basically, the 2010 uh, list of freshmen all became like super hot in these last couple of years, yeah. minus maybe like Big Sean. Um, so no, if if their sound changed and I and I still enjoy their music, I was still I supporting feel like them. Big Sean is just now getting his just due, but he been popping though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I think I think there you can you can you can go back to like. Okay, yeah, he had the good music era, then, I mean, run, and then he had this, but I felt like, and I hate it, but I felt like Janae helped him mm -hmm. in a way, right? Like, she she elevated his platform, and she elevated his notoriety, but he been popping. He been spitting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially during his, um, the, during the blog era when he was doing his Finally Famous series. Yeah. That's my, maybe Super some of Duper my Lemonade is probably one of my favorite yeah, big tracks yeah, of all yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know something, man, you know? Yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> oh, I just give him line after line after line. Come on, man. Barcode? It's like, this dude crazy. The unfortunate part was when he put out his Finally Famous the album and was like, okay, Big Sean could have gone harder. This is my personal yeah. opinion. Um, and it's been hit or miss with, with Sean specifically, but I still... What do you think about Detroit too? Yeah, so I still oh, need to really like sit it. down and oh, really listen to it. I, it's hit or miss with Big Sean, and when I get to Big Sean, I get to him at this point. It's not a, oh my gosh, Big Sean just D2, dropped. I got to go listen to it. D2 is it, bro. I didn't yeah. kill D2. Okay. Because so, you said I'm going to definitely nah, go, yeah, yeah, pay attention. Yeah, so go back. Take a listen. Sorry. Oh, it's fine. Let's see. Bring, bring um, the tape back around. Smith. Yeah. This artist, the real ninth wonder. Ninth we were wonder. doing we yep. were doing a roundtable discussion. We would always be live on. It wasn't like it wasn't Uvu or Skype or anything like that. It was a it was a platform where we knew we can be on camera and also we had the chat box available. Pre Zoom. So, yeah, but Zoom before it was Zoom. Right. I can't remember what platform it was, but um, we're in the library on the second floor, um, in that back room with all the printers and stuff. And we're just talking, chopping it up. We're talking about uh, the Wonder Years. He just dropped that album. And so Ninth Wonder and Rhapsody actually popped into the conversation, and we were talking tonight. After that, Ninth Wonder actually gave us our tagline right on the reel, uh, Left to the Fakers. And we, we ran with that. He invited us to the album release party, which was amazing. All of us are underage. This is a 21 and up spot in, in Raleigh, Durham, um, in that area. We couldn't get in. The bouncers were like, this is a 21 and up party. And we're like, yo, Ninth Wonder invited us himself. Yeah. Ninth Wonder had to come outside and be, oh, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my J.C. Smith crew. Let them in. That's dope. Only people in the room with X's on our hands and that's whatnot. Dope. But we're, we're in there. We're hanging out with the likes of um, literally everybody from Jamla. So Rhapsody, Heather Victoria, um, Every, sorry, I can't remember everybody, but we were there with the with the whole label. And that's also where I met uh, Tia, which, you know, six degrees of separation. Tia is related to DJ Dex Dynamite's wife mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. all full circle. So yeah. it was really cool. We gave him a, t a team real shirt that we uh, we got those shirts made by Professor King, one of my favorite professors on Smith campus. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Dr. King um, and Soul Food. But, yeah, it was a really good experience. Um, let's see. 
I mean, as far as everything else is concerned. You got involved in the athletics too, I right? did. I did. I started working with Rocky Whitaker, yeah, who, who yeah, handled yeah. their marketing. And that actually got me in, in the door with working with sports operations and realizing, okay, I don't have to just do necessarily entertainment, music events and whatnot. I can actually take what I'm, ha- what I'm passionate about into the sports world as well. So I got heavily involved into sports operations, making sure games were running smoothly for both mm-hmm. our basketball and football uh, games. And that got me in the door with the CIAA where I worked the tournament and make sure yeah. tournament games run smoothly every year. So, so you, you obviously like blazed the trail, took advantage of your time at JCSU. Um, and you had your fun, but your fun was work. Your work was fun. Right. From what I hear, I know you did some other things, but like, I really want you to be honest with what I'm about to say and ask of you because a lot of people bash Smith. Smith didn't do anything for me. Smith, yada, yada, yada. All I got is these loans. But like, bro, you took advantage of a lot of opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of that was in front of you. A lot of that was, you know, you had to really reach for it. But like, speak to that. Because we, on Twitter, have these debates like, Smith did this. Well, I took advantage of this. But like, where's the middle ground in right. your mind about what you were able to accomplish at Smith and what the other people are saying about, well, Smith didn't do nothing for me. Well, I, I've had this conversation before, and one thing that I always emphasize is you're not going to have a college experience, whether you went to John C. C. Smith or any other university anywhere, if all you do is go to class, go to the CAF, and then go to your dorm room. You're not going to have any type of experience doing that. Um, one thing that I definitely did while being a student there was I was never in my room until late at night when it was time for me to go to sleep. I was always either somewhere working with some other classmates doing some things, connecting with people either in Biddle, professors, uh, having my internships and everything. You really, you have to network. You have to really go out there and, and go for what you want. It's not gonna, yeah. going to be handed to you just because you know, you're, a, you're a student yeah. on campus. And I know that there are events, Smith specifically, you know, the Lyceums right. and things of that nature. But you really had to really go out right. there and network, not just with people who are professionals working in the in the industry that you want to work in, but also with your classmates. But you know what, though? Like, I'm just turning uh, 38. Uh, put some confetti right here, Lance. Um, no, I just turned 38. So perspective is looking back on that, right? Mm-hmm. 20 years ago when I pulled up on Smith campus, I was like, you know, like fresh out of high school, obviously, athlete, all that stuff. I didn't come out of my shell, like, outside of my freshman self to, like, sophomore year. Like, mm-hmm. I pledged, I did all these things, and it's like, yo, that's when I got my, my like, burst of, like, yo, like, let me try this networking thing out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I was just in my own little bubble, and just hearing you made me realize, like, yeah, we can't expect everybody to network and do all those things right. because it's two different people. There are some people that just want to go to class, calf in their dorm, and they're going to graduate with 4.0. Mm-hmm. But there's those middle kids that maybe the university needs to do a better job, and I'll be honest, because they don't always get it right. It's like, yo, this is what you should be doing with your free time. I get it hanging out on the blog. I get it hanging out over here, but like internships, volunteering, yeah. networking, you know what I'm saying? I think that's what comes in in freshman orientation. Right. But and I don't remember any of that right now. But I knew <laughs> but I knew for me though, like, yo, I gotta take advantage of these four years. Right. But it don't click to everybody like that. No, so and I, I guess I, I was I, a, I hate uh, sorry, I hate it. badgering with people <laughs> online because it's like, yo, like how didn't you see what I saw? And I don't think everybody is going to. It's all about your own personal experience. I guess I was a special case. Although I know that there are some others, uh, some other classmates in the time that I went to Smith were on the same wave as I was, where it was just like, okay, if it's not there, then make it happen for yourself. Um, a lot of times, one thing I noticed as a music head that I was, I'm not in the band, so I'm not, I'm not going to be participating with any of the band activities. Um, I wasn't in, I wasn't playing an instrument at all to where even, I think we had, we had like this, this really cool band. Uh, my best friend Jack was in, was in the band, TZ, and they play in the calf sometime and whatnot. I was like, okay, I'm not playing an instrument, so what can yeah. I do? So Silent Noise existed. I would work with them and do those type of musical events. We created the reel, and then we started bringing the, the rap ciphers, which would pack out the, uh, the union mm-hmm. every single time. Um, but those things, we just created it for ourselves if it wasn't there. I could not sit back and be like, well, Smith doesn't have it, so I'm just going to go to class and go to my room. Right. Yeah, so. But I also think, right, there's 
because I worked in admissions and without exposing any group of people or any individual, I know there's some people who barely got in. So I think when you barely got in the door and you forget like, yo, this is the only school that gave me a chance. You lose perspective, you mm -hmm. lose insight on like why I'm here. And if it wasn't for the school, I either wouldn't have went anywhere. I'd have been at my local community college mm -hmm. living in my mom's basement. No knock on that person, right? But it's right. like, yo, like, I just be like, yo, like, don't, how do you not get it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you can't say this school didn't, I, like, I got, like, all these internships I had. Like, right. well, we all had the same opportunities. Like, don't run that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, one other thing I can, I can definitely say is that there were some times where people who may have wanted to be involved, but I guess they just didn't feel like they, they might belong or mm. they felt like what, what did already exist was kind of clicky yeah. or a little standoff. But you know, the so. other thing too, right, is like we also went to Smith in two different eras. Yes, we did. Okay, so, you know, I'm dinosaur era, no social media. Right. You talked about Twitter, all these things, but Facebook but, didn't come out until after I graduated. Oh, wow. Right. So our thing was like MSN Messenger. So it's like, yo, you had to be outside all day to see the to the girls or you had to go to the games to know what was happening. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? There was no, like, I didn't have a phone until like my sophomore year. Right. So you had to be in the moment versus like present day or maybe kind of towards your era. It's like, well, who all there? You texting and going live or something like that. Like, oh, I ain't going to well, that. Well, see, I, I was about to say, in, in my era of Smith, we actually didn't have the, you could pull your phone out and record everything in every moment um, because we didn't have the capabilities a lot of times. A lot of people still had, you know, flip phones and these terrible, these terrible little cameras or whatever. So nobody was recording everything. So we had Twitter, we had Facebook. Um, I think Instagram just started popping midway while I was in, in, in school, yeah. maybe at some point. So we're not recording everything. We might converse and figure out what might be going on. But yeah. a lot of the times it was just more so typing and texting what was what was yeah. happening rather yeah. than giving everybody that visual. So you, if somebody says the block is hot right now on, on Twitter or everybody's talking about the block, <laughs> It's like okay, I need to go right. out. I need to go out to the block. But it, it you know, it, it, it puzzles us because again, like, but it, we don't acknowledge the the, the technology component. Like right. technology was like, the plane was still taking off when mm -hmm. we was in school. Like it was okay. You had the laptop. You had Black Planet. You had MSN AOL Messenger. That's it. And MySpace. Right. And did it, we even have MySpace in college? Maybe towards the MySpace end. MySpace was like a thing. Towards like, the oh, end, so maybe, seven. I yeah. think. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I think that technology barrier, it, it helped, but it also crippled the experience. Mm -hmm. But that has nothing to do with you taking advantage of the resources to benefit you post-Smith. Like, right. I'm not going to, no. But um, bringing the car back around, um, you know, you did a lot. You know, you, yeah. like you said, the, the shows... The involvement with the stuff. I remember seeing you at uh, Honda Battle of the Bands. Yes. When you, I think I brought my students down there and you were down there helping out. So that was, you connected with Rocky and them through that? It was because of Rocky because at that time I wasn't working directly with, with Rocky, but interning for him at Smith opened the door for me to, to intern for Urban Sports, uh, which was the company that originally was taking care of all opera operations of CIAA yeah. and, uh, in Charlotte. And so working with them connected me to working Honda in Atlanta because they also had that property as well. So, yeah, it is because of Rocky, ultimately, yeah. that I was able to get my foot in the door with that. So um, we're going to get off Smith in a little bit, but I got okay. to ask you about this. Okay. So obviously, this time last year, we were locked down. The, the Keep the Money on the Poor podcast didn't even exist. Shout out to Lance. Um, and we were locked down in the house like, yo, like we got to get something. All we had was... You know, I don't even know if the first verses has started yet. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm getting to like we didn't experience homecoming last year. Correct. And, you know, we were kind of hoping for it. There is a huge possibility that it's coming back this year. Like, big. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people are planning for it. Like, dates are being like tentatively put on calendars. What are your thoughts around that whole conversation? Do you think... You're gonna feel comfortable to step out or be around. Do you think other people? What, what's your crew talking about? Like, talk me through all that. So I do know that the anticipation is very high for Smith to have a homecoming this year. A lot of people were very devastated that we didn't have one last year, but of course, you know, uh, needing to safe stay safe. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're we're all really hoping that there is a homecoming. Um, we're all also talking about maybe 
potentially having masks on on the yard on Saturday if if need be um, because we don't know what you know with with the vaccination being out we don't know what what the what the tent will be you know that day but um, yes I know a lot of people are definitely planning a lot of people have actually reached out to me like you Nelly you gonna do something you gonna do something. I don't know yet because yeah. g- generally I know for homecoming I'm reaching out to you first, <laughs> right. but um, but yeah we're definitely anticipating it. I hope it does happen. I'm really itching for it to happen. I turned ten this year in Zeta, okay. and it'd re- be really nice to you know be reunited with all of my LSs mm-hmm. and be amongst you know Greek family. Um, it's a lot of people that I normally always see once a year yeah. uh, from my class, and that's going to be homecoming. So. Um, that reunion is is much needed. Yeah, th- this is a question I love to bring up on here because obviously that unites us, that that bonds us all back together. But um, I always say, man, I think you're gonna see people from freshman orientation or people like, bro, like I forgot about you, like what you doing? <laughs> up here? Oh, it's homecoming, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I think it's gonna like it's gonna be like double, like you know how like in the past where it's like, oh yo, what time you get on the yard? You know, you gotta get on the yard at a decent time. You don't want to get there too early. I think none of that's gonna exist this year. If we have, I think people are gonna be up there so early, like bro, like open, what y'all doing? Just, just, we've been up here since eleven o'clock this morning. Like you just gonna be here at five, you know what I mean? Yep. But um, you you said some things right, safety, what we have, mask on and stuff like that with these vaccines. I do think there's a strong chance. I think the school wants it, and the school needs it. Yeah. I think the first thing though is, are we even gonna have kids on campus this and year? And that's what I'm actually. So looking if they out don't for. have kids on campus, then why do you have a homecoming? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping to see maybe Johnson C. Smith will follow follow suit in uh, the growing list of CIAA schools that are now opening their campuses and having homecomings. Like um, Elizabeth City has most recently just announced that they're opening the campus and they're going to have a homecoming. Um, I've been talking to my Winston-Salem friends. Unfortunately, it's like if Smith doesn't do it, I'm probably going to be at some of our you know, sister brother schools uh, in the conference so that I can have some type of yeah, experience. I think we all need it, man. But fingers crossed, um, they open the campus back up for the fall and then ultimately we can have. Did you feel like empty like in October yes. 2020? Yes, I did. I like, literally, I'm, the weather was beautiful every Saturday in October. Yeah. Like, Yo, here's another Saturday weather day wasted. And you couldn't do anything. <laughs> the weekend of, I'm sitting at the crib and I'm like, dang, I would have been in Charlotte right now. It's like that Friday. Oh, I would have been at, at yeah. the at the party Biz always does on Friday or whatever. I'd be on the yard yeah. on Saturday, you know. And, and and you brought that up. Um, like I don't even know. Like I can't say no and I can't say yes. Like because I think to me in my mind, this is just me. In April of twenty twenty one, right now, mm-hmm. I think the biggest and best thing for homecoming is going to be the yard. Right. I don't think it's going to be a party. I don't think it's going to be a day party, a night party, or. Uh, uh, or whatever, because they're planning a 40 under 40. I think that's going to be huge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I think that the biggest and best thing that everybody's going to talk about because of safety, and you can allow probably almost unlimited people, is just being, being on the yard. yard. It's mm-hmm. not going to be about a party. Right. So it's like, do I and my friends or my business partners, do we put our name on a dotted line and go get this space, hoping that people show up? Do people feel safe to show up? You know right. what I'm saying? People are going to say, oh, they don't care. They're going to come anyway. But it's like you want people to be safe. <laughs> exactly. Right? So, I mean, people have been asking me already, like, let me know when I can get a table. I'm like, I don't even know. If I'm, I'm going to give sure you an opportunity to get a table. Mm-hmm. I might be, if I go <laughs> to somebody else's thing, because I just don't know. There's so many unknowns right now. You exactly. know what I mean? But um, one thing that we did do uh, in 19 was that gym jam. Yeah. Um, at at uh, Underground. And that's something that if I did nothing else, I would want to do again. You wouldn't want to do I it? I would. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just because, say, like, uh... that's going to be something that's going to be, that's going to take off to the next level because, again, there's no there's no tables. It's, it's like a concert. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of up your alley in terms of, like, Fillmore, Underground, like, those kind of venues just walk in. But, again, you just don't know the stipulations of that. Exactly. Whether, especially with capacity and everything, too. Yeah. Like, so I, it's more so just just watching everything. And yeah, everything is to be determined. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I I, I think it's going to be fun. You know, early congrats on the ten year thing. Last year would have been my fifteen year of graduating from Smith. Ooh. So we got to wait to twenty. Oh yeah, now. Y'all, are y'all going to do something to? I mean, because no. I know class of twenty ten who was supposed to celebrate their twenty their ten year last year. Oh, they're like, oh, okay. Well, if we have one in twenty one, then we're going to act like it's twenty twenty again. Yeah. Okay. I cool. think you do. I think you you do, but it's you know like. 
it's all about trying to get people in safety. I think you do a tailgate, you know, mm -hmm. you have some energy around it, but I know for sure, like, the big thing that the university and NAA is playing is the uh, 40 under 40. That's nice. I think that's going to okay. be dope. I think, I, I think it's long overdue for our school. Yeah, that really should have been happened. But again, sometimes our institution is like just behind for whatever reason, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, tell me about play and parlay. All right. So this is like, I guess you could call it season two of my of my group getting back. No, this is season three of my group getting back together, the real. Um, we were the real in, in school. We graduated. Life happened. We tried to bring the real back. Um, even worked with Gil at one point when he had his space for uh, Hookah Life Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And again, real life sets in. We're all adults now. So uh, the third time around, we come back and now we are 3-7 Productions. Um, and so we were just sitting back and I was like, hey guys, I have this idea for this hip hop game night. I'm really thinking of, uh, of doing this at the place I'm currently working at, which was Moorhead Tavern. There was this video by a Vine star. His name is Darius something. He was like, if a rapper was on a game show, so basically the host would, uh, would give out, I guess, a card and he had to basically do a rap with these matching words. So it's like, oh, I could really do something like this, but kind of spin it to where, you know, everybody can participate. So we're sitting around and um, like, I don't have a name for this. What, what can we call this? And Willie's like, we can call it play and, play and parlay. Shout out to Willie. He gave us the name. Um, so play and parlay formed. We did the first one at Moorhead Tavern back in 2018. And it was actually, it was a success. We're was that the one I was at? It may have been one of the, one of them. One one of of the three them. that we one did that yep. year. One yeah. So we have a DJ. We have a setup to where all of the games are actually named after a song. Um, and you had to either guess a sample, guess the, rap, uh, the rapper or the singer's name, the name of the song. passing out money too, right? Yes, and we gave out cash prizes. That was the kicker right yeah. there. It was like, okay, look, if you know this, I'm literally giving you cash right now. Like, right. You, can, you can earn your, your entry fee back. And so um, that was one thing that really brought in a lot of people because one of my friends was like, this is almost kind of like that new Shazam show that Jamie Foxx was doing. Um, so a lot of people really, really liked it. We even had a, had a plan to take it to different markets. But Janelle had to take care of Janelle's mental health, so I had mm -hmm. to leave. And so now that I'm back in Charlotte, I've brought back Play on Parlay, of course, safely, virtually. And uh, eventually, you know, as the world opens up a little bit more, I do intend on bringing, bringing Play on Parlay back. Yeah. A lot of people really like the, the games because they're music-based. And, of yeah. course, I'm giving you cash money in your hand before you leave. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so they enjoy it, yeah. You, um, you, you touched on mental health. I, I love that we, we've had a... Um, a guest on here that was actually a therapist and probably one of our most streamed ones just because I think that's, I mean, it's at the forefront right now, mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? But I, it was so taboo years ago, um, but I'm glad you brought that up. So, um, you know, like what are, what are something, what, what's something that you would tell somebody like that might be struggling with like anxiety or somewhat of depression or loneliness or mm -hmm. just in a dark spot. What's, what's something that you can give them that might be listening to encourage them? Don't hold it in and think that you can handle it by yourself. Um, whether the person wants to see a professional therapist or if they may have like a really close friend that they can confide in about what's really going on so that that friend can help guide them to the help that they actually need. Just don't, don't bottle it up. Um, me bottling it up is the reason why, whew, let me make sure I don't cry. I always cry when it comes to this, but when I was living out in LA, um, super, super depressing, uh, state for me at that time. Everybody, oh, Janelle, you're living the life. You're in Los Angeles now. So, so uh, yeah, I'm in Los Angeles and I'm also homeless mm -hmm. and, um, my job is cool, but it's like the only time I really actually had a bed to sleep in was when I would travel with my job. Mm -hmm. So it took, a, it took a really huge toll on me, but I would not tell anybody. Nobody knew that I was sleeping in my car when I was getting back to LA. Not even my coworkers, my boss, nothing. So as that continued to pile on, that was when I really felt the pressure of feeling like a failure to my mm -hmm. parents because mm -hmm. my sister on the East Coast is doing really well. My yeah. brother's in the military. Now I feel like I'm the oldest child and I'm the failure of the family. So that took a toll on me and almost took my life in LA only because I want to talk to somebody. Um, so that would be my advice. Please talk to somebody and don't just, for those who are Christian out here, I think it takes more than just Jesus. And that's something I can attest to for sure. along with my father, who, who's a pastor, who's also seeing a therapist because yeah. you know, 
He was going no, through we, this. No, we, 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 um, first of all, love and appreciate your, your vulnerability. Um, that I, I want to say that because it's tough. Um, and that's something on this podcast that, like, you know, like, some of my friends here are like, man, you shared this, you shared that. Like, yo, I have to lead by example. I have to be vulnerable. Um, and so, like, when people talk about this stuff, it's real. And you got to mm-hmm. listen to them. But, like, you hear pastors coming out now, whether it be male or female, saying, like, I go see a therapist for this. Or I go see a therapist for that. I love to use this quote. Uh, my friends are tired of me saying it. <laughs> but um, Jerry Lorenzo, the fear of God dude, he says that man wasn't meant to be famous. Man wasn't meant to... Uh, receive as much praise Mm -hmm. and he's talking about obviously like this era like with social media and followers and likes and algorithms and dopamine and all this stuff and also man wasn't meant to be kicked the way he's being kicked so like you know like right now Deshaun Watson name is bad in the media you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. or or like whoever insert any Kevin Durant people hate him because of his remarks or this person you know what I mean it's people online that think LeBron James is a sorry player and if LeBron James is not in the right state of mind that can mess with him mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so saying all that to say like it's important that we share these things and talk to people I tell people in 2018 I was seeing two therapists like I was going through it you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying but like you said nobody knows because I'm afraid to talk about these things I'm afraid to show you that piece of me that's like hurting inside right. you know what I'm saying but on the outside it's like yo I'm gonna put this fresh outfit on, and you ain't gonna have no idea what the heck I'm yep. going through. Smooth facade. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like I was like, "Yo, we gotta go see somebody." Yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, so how was? I mean, I hate to say how was L.A., but like, L.A. looks so beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Talk about that. So L.A. was outside of the whole having to where I was going to lay my head down at night part. I actually liked L.A. I'm itching to go back to visit. I'd never live there again. Um, I wasn't homeless the whole time. The few times that I actually was staying somewhere, I'm, I'm paying $900 for a, for a bedroom, a little box. Um, smaller than this room in here. So, yeah, the cost of living is extremely high. 900, 900 for a box, yes. Um, what part of L.A. is this? This is in Carson. Um, it's right next to Compton. It's in the South L.A. area. Um, where I live was right across the street from uh, CSU Dominguez Hills, DH, where the Galaxy played soccer and then where the Chargers were playing when they first uh, got to L.A. Mm-hmm. So um, it was cool for, for two seconds because my friend uh, from high school actually played for the Chargers. So it was like, oh, I get to go see my friend across the street. But um, outside of that, L.A. is really cool. The food, food definitely, especially Amazing. if you love you some like Mexican food authentic obviously yeah. it was the best thing ever yeah. but um one thing that also kind of kept me i guess leveled outside of my job that kept me traveling um is my my family from the inland empire uh the inland empire is fontana san bernardino um this group of cities like to the east of la and there are a bunch of like rappers producers singers so on and so forth so the music scene in the ie is what really kept me leveled. I would assist with their festivals out there, any shows that my big brother uh, Noah James uh, would do. And to kind of rewind a little bit, when I was a student at Johnson C. Smith 2010, I ran into uh, this rapper named Maddox in LA while I was band camp uh, diving, as I called it. That's how I would find my artists, just going on band camp. He introduced me to this group called One Step Ahead, and then OSA introduced me to Noah, and that's when I got my first internship while a student doing social media for Black Cloud Music. Yeah. So we've kept that uh, relationship. So when I moved out there, they kept me working and everything. If I needed to stay out there, I'd stay with my with my brother and sister, Noah and Lisa. So um, that was definitely great. I'd be at the beach like every day, <laughs> uh, try to clear my mind over at, yeah. at Venice Beach, the Santa Monica Pier, all the little touristy places and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely great. Uh, is the traffic crazy out there? Yes, like? the traffic is super crazy out there. I would I would make sure. I live in Carson, which is south. My job is in West Hollywood, which is obviously a little bit further north. I would not get on the interstate whatsoever to get to my job. Yeah. And I'd have to leave my house a good hour and a half before my clock-in time because it would take me that long. Even off the interstate, you still run into a little bit of traffic trying to get to where you want yeah. to go. And it, yeah, it's a mess. See, I think like like I'm curious to know like what's the first couple of things you did there. But like I'm, I grew up watching like Boys in the Hood, Mississippi, mm-hmm. Dre, Snoop, like Cube, like all these. Like I feel like West Coast 
it raised me. Like, obviously, I grew up in D.C., mm-hmm. but I, I, as much as I can attach myself to D.C. Maryland culture, I can attach myself to L.A. culture because in the 80s and the 90s, like, it was running popular culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm just curious to know, like, what's, like, the as soon as you got off the plane or however you got there, like, yo, I got to go here. I got to see this. Like, what was the first couple of things you wanted to do? Let's see. Uh, I told my cousin I needed to go and get some in and out <laughs> So I got that. Did you um, like it? I mean, in and out is in and out is I've good. Had it. I just want to know your experience. It's it's cool. I just I, since I lived there, it's like okay, I don't think I'd ever really go there again. But I mean, it's, it's good, especially with the secret menu and all that good stuff. Overrated. So. Keep going. Next thing. <laughs> it's cool. You've been nice about it. that place. Overrated. <laughs> I had no, it in Vegas. No, I mean, I actually prefer like Whataburger in Texas over yeah. in and out. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, let's see. What else did I first do? When I got out there, uh, definitely went out to to the beach. I I did Santa Monica first. Santa Monica. Yeah, so I could see the pier. I've seen it so many times on TV, and that was one of the things that I just never saw in real life. Yeah. So I went out there just so I could make sure I saw the big Ferris wheel and had that little experience, and that was cool. Um, but a lot of the time, especially in that first week I was there, I made sure I got, you know, groceries, things of that nature. But I slept because my journey to LA was a dolo road trip. From Charlotte to LA, it took me five days with stops in Memphis. Stayed with uh, my frat brother in Memphis. I then went, uh, stayed in Dallas, and I stayed with uh, LaMarquise, also mm-hmm. Smith alum, um, and, his, and his family down there. Then I stayed in a hotel in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then I ended up linking and staying with my god sister, Asia, also a Smith alum, um, out in Vegas for a couple days. Then made my way over to L.A. where I was staying with my cousin. So, yeah. Five days. The, yeah, but I never drove at night because I was by myself. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I stopped every single time. What what album did you have on repeat during that trip? Let's see. Um, wow. Frank Ocean's Blonde had just dropped around that time, if I'm not mistaken. So I left, definitely listened to that on the way there. Um, I also had my, it was my old iPhone that had literally all of my downloaded mixtape stuff. So, of course, thanks to the, my Smith influence, I listened to a lot of New Impressions band <laughs> on the way there. Okay. Um, it was just more so just like a, a mix of a mix of everything. I had a good music playlist where I played all of yeah. all of their all of their music. Kanye was definitely so from Charlotte to Memphis, Memphis to Dallas, Dallas, Dallas to, to Albuquerque, Albuquerque, Albuquerque to, to Vegas, 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 Vegas to L.A. Each Ooh. each of those trips. Well, no. Here to Memphis, I think, took me about seven or eight hours, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, Memphis to Dallas didn't take me super long at all, but driving through Arkansas was just uh, all grassy plains, basically just fields and fields of grass. So that was uh, cool, I guess. Um, to But to Albuquerque was very scenic, driving through Arizona yeah. and through uh, New Mexico. Definitely very beautiful to see during the day and even as the, you know, the sun is coming down. So that was really nice. And then Albuquerque to Vegas did take me about half a day. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that that's the, the your last leg is what I want to do. I want to go from, I want to take that drive from, from Vegas to L.A. It's just or LA four to hours. Vegas. It's nothing. Yeah, like that's, you see it in the movies, you hear about it in stories. I, I want, that's the drive I want to yep, take. four hours of desert. Yeah. <laughs> so. I get it. I want to get like a little <laughs> drop top, vibe out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Put a playlist on and just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I went out there a few times to, to spend time with my god sister since she was close, so I made that drive quite a few times. For sure, for sure. No Roscoe's? You didn't hear Roscoe's yeah, when you first I got did, out there? I, I had Roscoe's before when I would go and see yeah. my godparents who lived in San Diego, and they'd yeah. take me to L.A. Awesome, um, but yeah, I did I did do Roscoe's. What's up with the uh, the colors out there, man? Is it real? I mean, you, can, you, can't, you can't be out there like... Flamed up, came that, That's something that a lot of people actually ask me when they're going to visit because I live there. And I was like, you know, I really think it's more so just location-based. If you're going to walk around South Central LA and you want to wear all blue, be prepared to potentially uh, answer some questions if if you want to. All yeah. red, be prepared to answer some questions. Yeah. I'm When I was living in, in Los Angeles, despite, you know, all of the the stereotypes and things of that nature. I had no business being in South Central LA. I didn't work there. I lived there for like two seconds while trying to find a place to live. And I minded my business, did not speak to anybody I didn't know. Is that like an underground, like neutral color that just, regardless you good? Like, is it like gray, is it white? I mean, I I guess it's maybe gray or- Brown. 
or brown any yeah if it's not, as long as it's not you know like black red and blue i guess you're i yeah. guess you're okay i remember um can't think what year this was but toby uh and some other uh frat from AE, they went out to uh conclave in la and mm-hmm. said some dudes ran them off the train because they had like they're blue, blue on. Yeah. <laughs> Ran them off the train. I don't know what stop it was, but like, I'm like, damn, oh, it's yeah. real. Public transportation, it could be a thing too. Yeah, yeah for sure. But no, uh, never had to deal like with that. this water blue, that's not even navy blue. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, even. Not even banging. It was even this one time, actually, I was getting my hair done. I got some braids or whatever, and the young lady happened to live in, in South Central LA. And I was like, uh, all right, cool. I'm going to not wear any obvious colors to where I'm having the where your grandma stay at, where you from, because conversation. I, yeah. No. Only time in, only time I really did spend a lot of time in, in South Central is to be around anything that USC was doing, and there was a yeah. festival, yeah. which is kind of crazy. You know you always hear about how the HBCUs are in the there hood, but oh, USC is smack in the middle of South Central, but they're gentrifying literally that little area around the school. So College gear, that's what it is. If I ever go to L.A., I'm rocking like USC, Yeah, you just wear paraphernalia, call it a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't rocking nothing else. Yep. Oh, one thing that I definitely made sure that I did, and it might sound silly, but I was driving down Sunset with my windows down, listening to Dom Kennedy past Bel Air to make sure that I drove by UCLA when he said, UCLA, I'm a ruin. Like, it was just, it was random. Absolutely. But. You got to. You <laughs> was, got to. It was like a must-have. I was like, yeah, I got yeah. to gotta go I drive mean, by UCLA. I got to see it. I want to go, man. I mean, obviously, like, you know, you know, like Nip, Passing, Cove, mm-hmm. all that, man. Like, you know, like those are things, like, I wanted to go to Staples, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm a sports fan. Like, you know, um, I remember going to see Nip at Neighborhood Theater, like, 2014 I was there. or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? So that was on my list. Like, oh, he talked about the Shaw. He talked about Sloss. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to go to this place. I want to go to the Marathon store before. Like, kind of like, again, I'm having that moment. Like, Nip been big. Right. Bigger now, obviously. Um, um, but it's like, yo, like, that was on my bucket list when this man was still alive. Like, I wanted to go. Right. Like, like my wife wants to go. She wants to do the TMZ stuff. I was like, I just want to go to Crenshaw and Slauson. To see what see what's going on, like this dude keep talking about this place. Like yep. I need to go and see what's up, man. But I still want to. And that's one thing that I did not do when I was living in LA. Yeah. It's a few things. It's like, dang, I was living in LA all this time and I didn't do that to include there and to go to the uh, the Slauson Swap Meet. Never been lived yeah. there for two years. Did not go. Um, so see, I like now present day, like out. I see a lot of people that go to LA. Of course, they want to go see the Nip Murals and the Cold mm-hmm. Murals. But they want to go to the apartment complex with Issa. Uh, yeah, the Dunes. Yeah, yeah they want to go there. Mm-hmm. I keep. I always see that joint. It's, it's something else, um, LA related. But enough of that, man. What do you have coming up, man? What's going on? I know you. You got some stuff in the works because you are a curator of dopeness <laughs> and all that stuff. But what do you have coming up that the people need to know about? So definitely, you know, of course, keep an eye out on Play and Parlay. We're going to continue doing that in the works of doing the in person. Uh, the in-person play on Parlay, but if we still do it virtually, of course, it'll be announced. I'm still working with uh, DJ Midnight with that. And I actually just announced today that uh, my sister and I are launching Sedessa and Company, which hey. is, yeah. Put some claps right here, <laughs> uh, Sedessa and Company is our company that's basically going to house everything. So she does fashion uh, consulting, so she'll do that. I'll put my events under that umbrella. Uh, when I get back to seriously DJing and everything, that's going to be under that as well. But we're going to launch a handmade jewelry line first on May 1st okay. under Sedessa. And Sedessa is actually our grandmother's names put about together, to say, where Sally and Modessa. Okay. Yeah. So. Sally and Modessa. Yeah, Sally on my Georgia, on the, huh? No, well, Sally, my grandmother on my mother's side, she is from South Carolina, Beaufort, South Carolina to be specific. Um, Modessa Clark, my, my grandmother on my dad's side, she is from... Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken, but they moved to Flint, Michigan. They so don't my family's from Michigan. Stuff like that no more, man. You know no. what I'm saying? Like names are so simple. And you know, what's crazy? I was at this ice cream shop on the south side, and this lady was calling out her daughter, and she was like, "Eleanor." I was like, "Oh, they're still naming their kids Eleanor in the 2020." <laughs> what? You don't get these names no more, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no nah, more. You'll never see like a three-year-old Clarence. Uh, you no. know what I'm saying? Not at all. Bernice, like you don't get them no more. Mm-mm. It's it's a lot of Javon and 
the, you know, I work at a school. So I know, I, and I, I, I work at a school, so I see yeah, the names. Like, <laughs> I've seen Lil Wayne as a name. Oh, really? Lil Wayne, yes. Yeah, Lance, stop looking at me like that. Yeah. No, I see all kind of names, bro. Like We just had somebody. Gucci Prada. Is it, is it, yes. Gucci. First, I cannot make this up. Stop looking at me like that. Gucci Prada. Listen. I ain't going to tell you the last name because that's giving away that government information. But Gucci Prada. First middle name, bro. Stop playing. I'm, I wholeheartedly Yo, believe people, if, if, the, if the parents... There's going to be a kid named Stimmy 20 years from now. I believe it. I believe it. I, but my whole thing is like, you know, these rappers might be right. You know, Kanye, them, Kanye, uh, two chains them. Like, if they can't afford the joint, then that's probably what they're gonna name their kids. Right. So, um, oh yeah, we had a little murder at at mine. So. It's a little murder. Yeah, like P Valley, little murder. Oh man, what'd so, you think about that show? I actually really loved that show. Me too. Can't wait till season two. It's comes it's, out. it's it's entertaining. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but salute to you and. Your folks, say the name again. Sedessa and Company. Sedessa and Company. And yeah. what, what can people expect to see the launch from that? The launch for the handmade jewelry uh, is going to be on May 1st. Make sure we support that. So obviously it's a black business and that's the reason we started this podcast, you know, keeping the money on the Ford, uh, recycling the black dollar. Like, what are your thoughts around um, recycling the black dollar? I mean, keeping the money on the Ford is just a tag for real, for real. Um, but what do you what do you think about that? And what are some black businesses that you like to support? I am all for supporting uh, black businesses, even when uh, when COVID first started happening and everything. Actually, no, before COVID, at the top of like 2020, I said, you know what? One of my goals for 2020 is to support black businesses and almost almost everything that you know I I need. Yeah. The only downfall with that is black owned grocery stores for everyday food. Um, haven't necessarily found a black-owned uh, company that specializes in jeans that fit me, so that's something to look look for as well. But um, as far as you know, my health is concerned. I want all black doctors, and uh, let's see, black-owned businesses that I support. Uh, as far as Smith is concerned, my line sisters uh, re-up with Lit, mm-hmm. um, K's uh, Candy. Uh, Sugar Me Up Company. Those are all of my line sisters' companies. Yeah, they've all been on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jasmine Hill, I got her book and yep. a couple of her teas. Yep. Definitely support Smith. Of course. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually need to get some new merch. And now that I'm back in the text, you back in the city, I don't have me pay for shipping. Anyway. <laughs> you, use um, code CLT. Anybody that's listening to the show, just use code CLT. We'll link up. Uh, Mac Brewing Company by my bro Dave Mac. Although I don't drink beer, I always, of course, spread yeah. the word, and I purchase literally Bro, everything else. So he, let's, mm-hmm. let's park the car. Okay. Did you read his tweet or post about like how, basically, it was that homecoming 2019. It's like he just put all his resources into it, and like that support galvanized where his brain yeah, is. Yeah, like that's up the with power yeah. of like, yo, know, people getting behind you and championing your products. You know what I'm saying? Like that's so dope. Yeah. yeah, it was it's, really it's good. Really cool. I really liked that. You know, some more. he he pulled up with all the beer and whatnot. Yeah, it's dope. It's like man. a taste testing type of situation. Again, yeah, if we have it, that's what I'm looking forward to. Obviously, like I got products and merch too, but I do believe in recycling the dollar. I do believe mm-hmm. in keeping it on the floor. You know, that's where it all came from. Like the conversation with Clip and him detailing my dad's car. It's like, no, we gotta support each other. It's an exchange. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the exchange is reposting you or shouting you out, exactly. blowing up the algorithm too. That's a part of keeping it on the floor too, because like we all have reach, we all have leverage. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was gonna ask you about um, like back to the underground artists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as we going towards the, our exit here, we keep using these car references, <laughs> but these uh, underground artists, like name like two or three artists that people need to know about right now that they don't even know about. Smino, for sure. Um, Smino. Smino. He's a trap rapper. No, he's actually a a rapper singer, if you want to call it. Sometimes you can get confused about whether or not he's an R&B artist or a rapper, but his music is very, very great, melodic. He'd be singing. Um, he's a St. Louis-based uh, rapper. Um, Saba. If you know Chance the Rapper, you might know who he is, but he's he's an amazing lyricist. Yeah. Um, so Smino, Saba. And I actually have to call out my, my godbrother, Xavier Omar, R&B artist based out of San Antonio, Texas. 
Uh, he is getting he's getting quite a quite a buzz now. He just did a tiny desk, but a lot of people still don't know who he is. So tiny desk are blowing up. Yeah, yeah. Especially during quarantine, for like, sure. My for sure. my life revolves around uh, tiny desk being released. Like I will watch the tiny desk as soon as it's who, out. Who's at this your point. favorite tiny desk besides your cousins? You think? Um, one that I constantly watch over and over again might have to be Anderson Pax, Mac Miller. I really like Chloe and Holly's ones that they just did. Okay. Jasmine Sullivan gets a lot of play from me as well. Um, it's actually a lot of artists who did Tiny Desk, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch it over and over again. Lucky Day did a really, really good one. Um, I like Snow Allegra's Tiny mm -hmm. Desk. Mm -hmm. I can sit here all day and tell you about all the Tiny Desk. I like yeah. T-Pain is also a major one because, like, you're so used to him being on auto-tune, but that man can actually really, you know. T-Pain, I'll check that one out. Yeah. Um, oh, and the Free Nationals. They have a really good one too. Free Nationals. Mm -hmm. um, you're a fan of Versus? I am. Um, who who do we need to see? Who do we need to see? Give, give, give me a couple matchups. Oh, man. Um, and why you think, do you prefer the artist versus or you prefer like the songwriter producer versus? I actually prefer songwriter producer versus. Same here. Same here. Um, it's just a personal preference. I think one of my favorite ones, despite all of the technical difficulties and the reschedules, had to be Teddy Riley and Babyface. Man, classic. Instant um, classic. Yeah, for sure. Um, one one I know that won't happen, but a lot of people have, have started realizing, um, I'm assuming probably right after the, uh, the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind & Fire, is that who can you put up against R. Kelly, whether it's his music or it's the music he wrote? I know that he's canceled, but he actually wrote a lot. A lot of people are just finding out that he actually wrote Fortunate for Maxwell, and people are devastated. It's like, mm. yeah, it's major. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, see, he he was, I want to say he was the executive producer of the Life soundtrack, and so he produced and wrote quite a bit yeah. of songs to include Life that Casey and JoJo did. Okay. So um, the Usher and Chris Brown conversation that they Breezy keep having. Usher, bro. Usher don't want no smoke. Man... People have canceled Chris Brown. I I get that Chris Brown has more hits. We're gonna let's keep it a let's keep it a band. But a lot of people are like, oh, but Usher has more classics, okay? But does his classic are there more classics yeah, yeah, yeah. than there are hits? But it also is like you know, obviously Usher has been able to maintain his popularity over all these years. Like Chris Brown is kind of new, newer, obviously, right? But still though, like he can hang that would be a, that would be a forty song albums battle. now, so. Chris Brown can hang. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a couple, right? Yeah. So I need, I need, I need to see, <clears throat> I need to see, uh, like a, a mustard versus like a, a Metro Boomin. I can see that. Like I, I think that would be dope. Or maybe even, um, maybe even a London on the track and the Southside, maybe. Yeah. Like uh, go back to the producer dress because there's that element unless you really like. Like, everybody knows, like, Hit Boy stuff now. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm digging into more of his catalog and stuff that he's done. But, like, like you just don't know, like, dang, he did that? Or he wrote that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or she, you know, be fair. Um, but I like the, just the surprise element. Because I feel like the, the artist joint is just, yeah, it's a celebration for the culture, all those things. But it's, like, it's getting away from the battle of it. Like, yo, no, exactly. who got this round? You know because, what I'm saying? Especially with, again, the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind & Fire. It's like, okay... Versus you're going up against each other, but this isn't necessarily going up against each other. We're really sitting back enjoying the vibes and right. reminiscing on all of y'all's all of y'all's classics, Mr. Fifty albums, fifty forty five right. albums, yeah, all of that. So yeah, get back to the the surprise element, which I think could ultimately happen with a producer or a songwriter battle yeah. because it's like, oh, you did that? Right. Never knew. So but yeah. I also like the idea, kind of like it's kind of to me. I see it. They ain't gonna acknowledge it, but that D'Angelo and Friends was like a tiny desk to me. So what had happened was because they had a clubhouse conversation about it and I wasn't on there, but one of my uh, one of my friends who I used to feature on my website back in the day, he's now a writer, um, but he, uh, he had tweeted on or whatever that everybody who's supposed to show up for D'Angelo all backed out minus, you know, Redman and Method Man, like the day before and the day of. Was it, was it her? Was that yeah, her? Yeah, her. Yeah, whoever... Whoever was there was there, but he was supposed to have a lot more friends that mm -hmm. sh that were supposed to show up, and they didn't. So that's why but see, that I show like went the way that, it was. Right? And here's why I like that. So everybody don't have 20 hits. Everybody Correct. don't have 20 bangers. 
you get, I mean, D'Angelo got stuff. And he, oh, yeah, and honestly, sure. I think it was bigger than what I anticipated as far as like, like people enjoyed it. But um, like you find an artist that might got that 10 to 15 mm-hmm. and then let them bring a couple other people with them, like some up and coming people. And it's like, yo, it's dope. They're, that's their fans. The right. synergy is good. And it almost turns into like a tiny desk versus, you know what I'm saying? In a sense, but it's like such and such and friends, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I, I love them. I look forward to them. I know they got the, the 420 joint. I mean, I'm going I'm to I'm check it out, but. I'm curious to know like who's going to rematch going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be Nelly and uh, Ludacris. Yeah, because of all of the technical Yeah, they had a lot of technical Nelly issues. It was a big storm in St. Louis that day. That's yeah, why. Yeah, I remember. Um, um, I don't know who else will be rematched. Or, you know, it might be Swiss and Tim. Which would be cool. Which would be dope. Because, I mean. Because they got in their bag. Even if, even no, if it's you not Swiss and Tim. Songs, like I got maybe Jay-Z songs, too. If, if Tim and Pharrell got, you know, got their verses or yeah. something along that line. So that's another one, like Pharrell. Because I could see a Swiss Pharrell and maybe just Blaze or something. Pharrell, Dr. Dre. Yeah. Some, something along we'll those lines. We'll never see Jay-Z. We'll never see Nas, I'm sure. No. Although Swiss and Nas was taking a lot of pictures together a couple of weeks ago with Made people wonder, like, are they in talks with right. something? You know what I'm saying? Nas and friends. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. The worst one before Oof. we close. That you was like, I didn't enjoy this. They could have kept this. The worst verses that I watched. <laughs> um, actually, I didn't watch this one, but I'm glad I didn't watch it. And that was the Keisha Cole Ashanti one. Like, yeah, during terrible. Because <laughs> somebody was super not. late. Yeah, Keisha. Somebody was super late. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad I did not catch that one. And I, from what I've heard, no. I mean, those things ones. like got us through the pandemic. Yes, like, they were. They were and D like, Nice, shout out to D Nice. It was D Nice. These versus battles, the last dance, mm-hmm. like all of these little things, like helped us escape for the day or for the hour, or you know what I'm saying. It gave us something to talk about, to cling on to, because it's like, damn, I can't really go outside. Damn, I can't go travel see my friends. Right. Like, it was hard for a lot of us, you know what I mean? Me included, you know what I'm saying? But it was like, oh, yo, what's the next verses? What's the next verses? You know what I mean? Just the funny stuff, you know what I mean? Please give Tyrese a verses because I'm tired of reading all so his So he comments. can stop making these comments. Like, the last thing we needed to know <laughs> was that your mom was an alcoholic or whatever you said on yeah. Sunday. Like, he was wild. Tyrese. He was wild. But, um, man, I, I enjoyed having you on the pod. Um, you know, one, one question um, I like to ask people as we close is like, how do you measure success? Like what you're, whatever you're doing, your events, your business. So how do you measure success? Um, I guess working in, uh, in the field that I've been working in with the events and everything, I measure success based off of my consumer's experience. Um, if you had a great time at what I curated together, then that's what I deem to be successful. I always want to get uh, my attendees feedback and everything so that if there is something that could be worked on or improved upon, um, then I'll do that. But I've definitely measured the success in how much fun, how good of an experience that the consumer had to make sure that they of course come back and then bring more friends. Money used to be a thing, but it's just like, you know, ultimately I'm happy making this happen for other people. So that's my money. Money can't be the the goal for everything. Right. It's, It's like it helps. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, it helps, you know, like, um, I mean, even this platform, like, it's, this is fun, this is enjoyable, this is breaking bread, this is catching up, this mm-hmm. is promoting people, you know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, so, uh, who you think I need to bring on the podcast, man, that it's not on my radar? Uh, are we talking Smithites specifically, whoever, or just anybody? Whoever, man. Hmm, let's see. I'm going to take a page out of all the smoke. You know, they ask their guests, like, who needs to be on the podcast? <laughs> you said you've already had all of my line sisters? No, all of them. I mean, we had India. We had Lynette. Uh, the, and Kayla with Kay's Candy. That's the lingerie joint? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, if you that's haven't. The X-rated uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you haven't interviewed uh, my sister, Ilana, I think you have, though. Yeah. Okay. My bad. It's okay. Well, uh... A lot of people don't live in Charlotte. No, you know what I'm don't. saying? Like, a lot of them do not. Yeah, we ran through like the Charlotte people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's cool because it's like I got some people coming up that I'm gonna bring on that's gonna that's gonna be like, oh wow, like I wasn't expecting this person, or like I didn't even know he knew this person. Yeah. Not to like 
pump myself up. But like one person I know in the city that two people actually I know in the city that I think would be great on the podcast uh, would be Sam Massey. He and uh, well he had Namus back in the day. They did the AMCS Bodega. They were part of that, and uh, they I think they, they had a hand in bringing Nipsey here. They did a bunch of shows out here. So Mike. From Namus is my guy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah Mike. Mike is bro. I, uh, I, I got to take some sneakers to him. Yeah, Shout yeah, out to Mike, Mike and Risk Repair. The first podcast that we recorded, the first two episodes. Was that Risk Repair? Yeah, that's Mike cool. is my dude. So yeah. like he came through clutch for me. Like let me rent out the spot. Like gave me the key, code, everything. Yeah. So shout out to Mike. Those are that's for the first two. Those Keep the money on the four episodes we recorded with my Asia and first three, my Asia, Darren, and Levi. Yeah. Yep. Oh, little bro, Levi. I haven't seen him since I've been back. Hit him up. Hit him up. up. He's doing big things, man. But yeah, and also uh, Lisa Tyson of a uh, lifestyle digital company, uh, formerly of Craft House. She does a lot of uh, event curation out here in the city as well. I actually linked back up with her, and I'm doing a few things with her yeah. throughout the year. So, yeah, she has a lot of gems to drop. Working with a lot of these uh, these celebrity events she's been doing. All right, this is a for real last question before mm-hmm. I ask you. Give you uh, your contact info and shout outs. Okay. What is missing in Charlotte as far as like events and stuff. Obviously, you're well traveled. Hmm? I could I, I can answer that for you. Venues. Venues. As far as especially specifically about the music scene. Yeah. Venues. All we have left now are the Live Nation venues, which are the Fillmore and the Underground, for the most part. And yeah. of course, Live Nation takes their percentage off the top. And we no longer have places such as like the Chop Shop, Tremont Music Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, Amos Southend doesn't even do the music shows anymore, even though they're still there. Uh, Neighborhood Theater kicked out hip-hop, from what I was told. So, you know, we don't have venues anymore, especially for music-type events. And as Charlotte grows and all these people are coming from Texas, L.A., New York, they're going to be looking for that. Right. stuff really opens back up, you know what I mean? Exactly. And Fillmore and uh, and the Underground can't only serve for the music venues because a lot of the times there are some artists who can't fill a Fillmore or an underground right, and they right. need something a little bit smaller. Like a Tremont, like you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, so. Chop Shop, that was something. That was, key. oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, of course you familiar with everything that's going on. Like even Tremont, like you got five, $600,000 condos over there now. Yeah, I actually, I said it on Twitter uh, not too long ago. I was like, you know, they really took away all of our music venues for apartment complexes, condos, whatever. Like. Mm-hmm. They need more places for these banking folks to live, I, I'm assuming. So they took away our music. That and breweries. Yep. They can't, like, you need one more Do, brewery? We don't need not another brewery in the city. But, hey, Apparently beer the, money, the money is in breweries now. Yeah. Give your shout-outs, man. Let people know how they can get in touch with you. All right. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PBN, the letter N, J-A-Y, underscore, underscore. That's my DJ name. I'll get back to DJing soon, very soon. Um, let's see. Shout out to shout out to you. Thank you for bringing me on here, bro. Of course, uh, Lance, who I haven't seen in, in forever. Shout out to my dog there. Uh, shout out to um, all of my folks from the real. Even though you know we're not a collective anymore, but shout out to Dion, Thad, Tony, Kai, all of y'all, Willie. Uh, my line sisters, Kappa Chapter, uh, <laughs> just everybody. Shout out to shout out to Smith. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Shout out to everybody that's in that's in my life currently, because you know I've been through been through quite a bit. So shout out yeah. to all of y'all. For sure, I know, and we're glad that you're still here. Yeah. You know, especially me and um, part of part of uh, bringing you on today was to really just see you and to to say you know I'm glad you. I'm glad you back in the city yeah. and like I could tell you're doing good. You know what I mean? I could just, definitely a lot happier. Yeah, I could see it. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> therapy works, y'all. Yeah. Oh my goodness, therapy works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, man, welcome back. And um, you know, if there's ever any opportunities for us to collab on something, you know, I know we've had like small discussions, but mm-hmm. like, you know, once we see things open back up, you know what I mean? I I know I have some ideas of of some stuff and you know, just make two plus two twenty two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I appreciate you for coming on. Appreciate you being back in the city, you know. Um, all that. Lance, this has been another episode of Keep the Money on the Floor podcast. And we out.